What up, what up? You have tuned into another exciting episode of Talk to Talk with Mo Orr. I am having the most amazing time getting on this microphone and giving you a break from your daily lives for at least 35 to 45 minutes and suspend the disbelief that every day is still the same, people. I'm also trying to wrap my head around the fact that other parts of the United States The weather is nasty. There's tornadoes and hurricanes and rain and snow. But here we are in sunny Southern California with the most beautiful weather. You know, you know what I love about Southern California? What I love about it the most is that I am not in Northern California. (laughs) Okay, no, it's that I I can go from the snow to the beach in a matter of a couple hours and and during that drive as as the passenger of course because I don't text while driving I take out my phone I start a group text and in that group text to all my friends and family I say in the nicest tone and that's with all caps because you know caps means you're screaming I tell them to go tell your friends and family and everybody you know to watch my damn podcast. (laughs) Watch my damn podcast. (laughs) Hey, listen, we got an amazing show lined up for you today with a very awesome guest. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by the Jerky Zone. If you're looking for that high-protein pack snack to get you back on track, the next stop is the Jerky Zone. And intro wheels where classic cars and tires make your cars come to life. I don't even know. I think I said that wrong. Jose might have something to say to me about that. But Jose, I guarantee you that I get it right 98% of the time. And lastly, Advantage Capital Management, where the plus in the logo signifies above and beyond commitment to adding value to investments by providing A-plus impact to the world we touch. You can also find this podcast on our app at www.thsn.today. Download the app. All right, let's get to it. I'm excited today. My guest today is probably underwater more than most people you know. She is a UC Berkeley graduate, a world champion, three gold medals, two silver medals. And if you can't count, that's five medals. U.S. national team member since 2013, three-time NCAA champion, American record holder, NCAA All-American, Pac-12 All-American, Pac-12 Athlete of the Year, 2012 and 2016 Olympic trial finalist. And that, of course, doesn't include her high school list. So I'm going to take another 42 minutes and give you the list of her accomplishments in high school. Okay, I'm not going to do that. But please welcome Katie McLaughlin to Talk the Talk. Hi, Katie. How are you today? Hi, great. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. No, we're excited. We're yeah. excited to have you on a show that started so early. I have to reach out to HR. We got to talk about that. That wasn't in my contract. Tony. 
Look, also, here with us, as always, the CTO of the High School Narrative, Tony Rosick. Now, what's up, Tony? How you doing? Mo, good morning. Katie, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, really proud of where you are, obviously graduating from, from, from Cal and uh, and getting started on your life. So we really want to take the opportunity to, to get you out there, promote some of the things that you're doing, have done, and uh, very excited for you. And thanks for coming on the show. Cool. Thank you. Katie, what I like to do a lot of times is I know that you're not originally from up north, but just in case you fell into the trap of loving the Golden State Warriors or the Sacramento Kings or whoever is up there with those cowbells, I wanted to make sure that I represented my Los Angeles Lakers and wear my shirt today. Just so you know, that's why I have it on. <laughs> so, thank you for being here. Uh, how's it going with the quarantine? What, what you got going on up there? You Are you down here or are you still up in Northern California? Yeah, I'm up in Berkeley still. Uh, just moved into a new apartment. Actually, that kind of kept me busy for a little bit of quarantine. Uh, moved to like the other side of Berkeley. But yeah, not really much has been up. Have been just kind of trying to get outside as much as I can. Been pretty relaxing, you know, having all this time. So you said you just moved into another place. So I've heard you graduated from mm -hmm. Cal, right? Yeah. And you're deciding to stay up there? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> so they made a good impression on you, apparently, right? Yes. I love the Bay Area. Oh, okay. So that's not bad. You know, so uh, look, I've read off your, your list of accomplishments right now, and that's college. When, when do you get a chance to kind of reflect on, on that? Have you had a chance to reflect on everything that you've done since you've been there? Yeah, for sure. I think like, I mean, I don't really want to sit on and reflect on things too long. I feel like I really like to keep it moving a little bit and figure out what in my accomplishments I could have done better. So I, you know, keep wanting more. But yeah, I think like I definitely am really proud of what I've done and I'm really excited for what's to come. But I never really want to sit and be like just happy with where I am. I want to always be like wanting more, which I think like kind of helps me keep improving. Well, I, I can tell you that was a mouthful for me to, to <laughs> kind of list off because, you know, it's a lot. And I'm like, she just graduated college. I mean, that's, I can only imagine what's to come, you know. <laughs> for you. Uh, so when did you, as you know how people and kids start to figure out you know, this is what I want to do. You know, they go outside, make a couple baskets. They're like, I think I can make that. Yeah. I don't, did you jump in the pool, almost drown and say, you know what? I think I want to be a swimmer. How, how did that work out for you? What age were you when you kind of figured that out? Yeah, so I, I don't really remember this, but my mom said when I learned to swim, like as a young kid, I hated it. And I would like scream and cry the whole time during like lessons before I could learn and then I guess just like when I was young, like being at the beach every day in the summers or like going surfing with my uncle or playing in the pool when like my mom's a swim coach, when my mom was coaching, like that just kind of like helped me discover that I really did love the water. And like, that was a special place for me was like being in the water. Um, yeah, and I, I swam like in the summers, I like did like summer league swimming up until I was about nine. And then my mom 
I would beg my mom every year after summer league to be like, can I please swim year round? Like, I want to do this. And she would be like, let's try everything. Like, play all the sports and then you can decide. Like, you're too young to decide now. Like, let's figure this out. So finally, when I was like nine, my mom was like, okay, you can do year round, but like, you still have to do the other sports too. So, which I love the other sports. Like I played soccer my whole life. Uh, I guess until high school, I played some volleyball, some like track. Basketball, I was really bad at basketball. That was, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, and I guess just like kind of in high school, I just decided like when I started to like get a little better, I was like, okay, like swimming, I'm gonna like just do this now. Like this is a good time to like transition. School's getting harder. So I'm just gonna focus on swimming in school. And yeah. I could assume, I could only assume that soccer helped with swimming because you know you got to use your legs a lot and volleyball actually probably helps with swimming because I mean unless you were kind of like the setter or something <laughs> you're still swinging and doing all that so I could only imagine were you was your first job a lifeguard <laughs> no I didn't lifeguard actually I did like teach some swim lessons like in the summers up here uh, in the Bay Area but and I would do like my at Cal we have like a summer camp and so I would do like I'd be a camp counselor for that so I guess that was kind of my first job which is still a swimming job oh see I was kind of hoping that you know it, when you were you know 12 13 you know how some people say oh I'm gonna go work for Chick-fil-a or I'm gonna yeah. go to New York you're like I am going to the pool at the <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna apply to be a lifeguard because you know, and although I'm pretty sure that they go through a lot of extensive training and stuff like that, if I look up and I see a 12 year old sitting in the chair, yeah. probably not going to jump in the deep end. That's just that's just me. I don't know. Maybe Tony might. <laughs> I've seen I've seen Katie swim. She could pull anybody out of a pool. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That's if she if she, of course, if they sat there with the, in the chair with their resume, and I got to look at the resume before I jumped in, I'm like, okay, I think I might be able to jump in. Look, I don't admit, I don't know very much about swimming, and I claim to know a lot about everything. Tony will probably tell you. So, yes, I admit that I have been stumped. But <laughs> what I do know is even if it's cold, and no matter what the weather is, at least in high school that I've seen, is that you still have to jump in the water. So was it like when you started going through that whole process, did you ever think, I might want to do an indoor sport. But well, I know you found out once you said that you were bad at basketball, so you yeah. be outside. <laughs> anyway, but you know, so what was it that just made you? Did did your mom persuade you just a little bit, being that she was a swim coach? Honestly, no. My mom, I feel like, although she's like very supportive of whatever I want to do, I feel like she almost was like, no, like don't swim, like. You don't have to if you don't want to because, I mean, she obviously loves the sport, but I don't, I don't feel like she pushed me into it at all. I think, like, it was just in my family being in the water, and that's kind of how, I guess, that would be, like, a persuasion. My brother plays water polo, and he, we always tease him that he would have been a better swimmer than I if he, like, wanted to, but he always thought it was boring, so... Yeah, I think, I don't think my mom like really persuaded me into doing that, but I think it 
is like kind of helpful that she did swim and like kind of knows what what it's about so like mm-hmm. when she when i was in high school before i could drive would drive me to morning practice she would like understand that like yeah this is kind of a hard life like when i signed up to swim she's like this is gonna be a lot like i have 10 practices a week but before i could drive so did my mom because she had to take me or my dad they had to take me so yeah i don't think they really pushed me into anything i think they would have loved whatever i did so katie's funny that you said you're the first athlete that i've spoken to that actually referenced that you had 10 practices but so did my mom and my dad have two practices. And they've like, so you went to school all day and you're like, oh, I'm tired. You know, you get out at three o'clock and then you have practice. Your parents been at work <laughs> probably all day and now they have to actually go to practice. Yeah, and they have practice to make dinner and do everything, yeah. Katie, so somebody understands, <clears throat> talk to me about what the morning consists of. So when somebody says, I have 10 practices. They understand on Monday, I get up at, what time do you get up Monday morning? How long is the practice? You go to class? Explain in high to somebody school? what that means. Um, yeah, so in high school, uh, I would practice at 5 a.m. to like about 6.30 a.m. on Monday, thir- Tuesday, Thursday, Friday mornings. And then I would come back for afternoon and swim from like, about 3, 3.30 to like 5 or 5.30, two hours, however long that is. And then after that, we would have dry land. So we would do like anything from like a run to like stretching or like, I never did weights in high school. So we would do like body weight kind of, pra- or like dry land stuff, we call it. Um, so like push up squats, just like dry land circuits. And then Saturday morning, we'd have a practice usually at like 7 a.m. or so. So that's like our 10, like, yeah, I would go like, swim 5 to 6 30 in the morning which is so early now I don't do that like here at Cal since like you kind of get to pick your classes my practice schedule revolves around like the college team school so we don't go in earlier than like 6 30 which is still like not late but when your options are 5 or 6 30 like that's kind of very nice but yeah it high school is tough I remember I don't know how it I did it because that is a lot and being at school all day between those like now if I like don't get a nap I'm like toast like I can't practice but somehow what, what time are you getting up to you're swimming at five you're not getting up at five minutes of five to get to the right pool. yeah no I'd probably wake up around like 4 15 because I lived in Dana Point and my practice is at Mission Viejo and like we had to get there a little early because like those big blue tarps that you have on the pool we would have to like take them off every morning so yeah, we would probably leave around like 4.30-ish, okay. maybe 4.25. A morning session, mm-hmm. get into classes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Finish school at three, swim till five. Yep. I mean, you went to a school that was difficult. You got, you didn't have 10 minutes of homework every night. I mean, <laughs> probably 90 minutes to two hours of homework per night, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What time, what time am I in bed? Man, uh, I think like if I got home around 6.30, say after dry land and all that, and then I, w- I would probably be in bed around like nine, which really isn't too much like sleep, maybe nine or 10, honestly. I don't know how I did made it to 10 p.m. every day getting up at 4.15, but I guess it was just like in my routine. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So wow. you just mentally, you're just tough. I mean, that's it's all mental. I mean, you've got to be able to push through that. I think so. I think it was just like having like I I don't even know if it's like toughness as much as it is like discipline, like knowing what I needed to get done and like just doing it instead of being like, oh, I don't want to do my homework yet. Like I'm gonna watch TV for a little bit. It's like no, I I can't really sit down and watch TV like until everything's done because then I'm going to bed at like 11 or 12 or like. You know, I there's no wiggle room. Sometimes if I have less homework, like maybe I could have a little bit more chill time like after that before I had to go to sleep. But I guess just like prioritizing what I had to do to make sure that I could like get done what I needed to get done. So you think about what you were doing right there and that's you said that was Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're about morning off. So I guess that well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. But you <laughs> think about what about your friends who wanted to go get ice cream, you know, or you know, wanted to go to the mall, you know, Mission Viejo Mall or something. Yeah, yeah, like, that was a little hard in high school, like especially with a lot of my friends who didn't swim, who just like wouldn't really understand necessarily, like why can't you go get like a snack with us after school, like. Do you really have to go every day to practice? And I'm like, yeah. So I think like I definitely through that time got closer with like my friends who also swam. Um, and yeah, I think like that's something that's like was really important to me in high school was like all my friends that swam. Also, just because like it was easy to understand like our lifestyle. But then at the same time, we would have like I would still have like the weekends like saturday sunday to like meet up with my friends from school so I yeah, but did, the, did those that. friendships did those friendship bonds of the the friends that you had outside of the sport are those still strong um because you have to have some very understanding friends and in high school yeah. that's very difficult to have understanding friends like that and, and yeah. not to mix i mean you're mixing in academics this is not the school she went to you didn't just show up i mean it's you know, there's certain schools that you show up and they're guaranteed a grade. Katie, talk about your high school grades. I mean, obviously, you're an incredible swimmer, but academically, you were right there. Yeah, I definitely, like, I like school, so I guess that's kind of something that, like, definitely helped through all this, was, like, it was never really a chore, like, going to school. Like, I kind of enjoyed sitting there and, like, listening to, like, someone talk and like I don't know I I find learning like kind of fun which I I know isn't like <clears throat> what everyone thinks like a lot of people hate school and that's that's okay but so I think that like definitely helped keep me like focused and motivated and the other thing was like I knew that like after high school going to college I could kind of pick where I wanted to go to swim but if my grades weren't there, like that would close a lot of the doors for me. So like, if I wanted to go a place like Cal, like my swimming could get me there. I'm good enough to swim on the team, but if my grades aren't good enough, like that's not, gonna, wouldn't be an option for me. So that was something that like I always had in my mind and my parents helped me out with. Like when I sometimes, like I would be tired and be like, 
I'll just do this homework assignment as fast as I can. Or like, I, I'm not gonna read through my essay after I finish it, like it's probably fine. And my parents have to be like, no, come on, like stay a little bit more focused. Like you don't want these doors to be closed for you. Like, yeah. And I think another thing in high school with academics is I felt like I always picked like a workload that I knew would be like manageable. Like instead of doing six AP classes and getting like B's or C's, like I took maybe an honors class in one AP and made sure that I got like A's or like B pluses. So like instead of struggling through just to like check the box that I took the harder class, I like did something I knew I could like do well in, which that was just my path of my Look, I wish I wish that I could have put you on pause, ran upstairs <laughs> and grabbed my kids. <laughs> came up here and set them down here just so they can listen to that because it is important because you're thinking about this is why you're in high school you're thinking about how this will affect your future of you know what you want to do we had recruiting realities uh jack rankins on the expert about recruiting and he talked about if you want to go somewhere you're not going to be able to pick the school right but you made a decision and made a choice that i want to be able to pick where i'm going and that'll kind of lead me to talking to you about the recruiting process. When did you figure out that you wanted to go to college and be a swimmer? Yeah. And then um, when did people start showing interest in you? When did schools start showing interest? Yeah, so we're lucky in the US where like, if you are a good swimmer, going to college is like a big, like encouraging thing. Like a lot of, in a lot, some foreign countries, going to college isn't like necessarily a priority for the top swimmers. They'll go to school after they're done swimming. But yeah, so I'm really lucky that like the NCAA swimming and college swimming is a big thing here and we're supported by like our national governing body. So like if I do want to go to the Olympics or world championships and represent the US, like they encourage us to also be doing school, which is something that's really cool. So I think like I knew I wanted to swim in college, like definitely like in middle school probably just because like I would look up to all like the big names in swimming and they would be also swimming college swimming in college so that was definitely something that like I looked up to and thought like whoa how cool is that that like some of the best swimmers are like and like I'm biased because I went to Cal but like some of my swimming idols growing up swam at Cal and so that's something that like was really like encouraging and inspiring for me was like okay they're doing this so like that's one of my goals like I want to be one of them like I want to be in that group so that definitely set the stage for like my high school being like okay if my goal is to swim in college like here's what I have to do um and then when I was recruited rules were a little different for swimming we couldn't contact or you could email with college coaches like the beginning of your junior year. So like September 1st, you could get emails from college coaches. So I remember sitting by my computer, I was on like a, I think I was on some sort of trip or maybe it was like October 1st or something, I don't know. And like there were a couple of us that were like swimming like um, on, on like a swim trip on like the date that they could email us. And I remember like we were sitting there like refreshing our page like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Like who's emailing us um and then so by then I kind of came up with like my top 10 schools um 
and kind of just like the ones that I wasn't as interested in like let them know like thank you so much but like I'm looking somewhere else just because I felt like I didn't want to string along schools that I knew I wasn't interested in when they could put their like time somewhere else um so I came up with my top 10 and then it came around to July 1st of my junior year so right before senior year and that's when schools um can call you on the phone so that's kind of when I started to narrow it down a little more to like my top five or so because you can take five recruiting trips which were all supposed to be in the beginning of your senior year so by then I kind of had my top five and I was like but also I really had like a top three because I knew I wanted to stay in California so my top three ended up being Cal and Stanford and USC just because I do want to like swim outside and be like close to home and like yeah I just I wanted to stay in California and the Pac-12 is like a really awesome conference for swimming um, I totally understand. Hold on. I, I don't want to cut you off, but I know I, you see, if you see Tony laughing back there because he knows that I'm a USC fan. Why <laughs> did you make the mistake and go to Cal? <laughs> <laughs> My mom's fan at USC, actually, so <laughs> you can support her in that. But yeah, I don't know. There was just, I mean, I chose Cal for a, a ton of reasons. Like, yeah. I, but all three of those schools that I came down to, like, academics were also a very big part of like the school there like I knew whatever three I would go to I would be like proud to get a degree from any of them um and same with swimming they're all three great like swim programs I think they're in the like we're all in the top however many like each year like those are three of the best teams so I know I couldn't really make like a wrong decision and I have friends that went to both those schools and other schools that like have loved it. So, well, and I grew up being a USC fan, like also. I mean, there you go. <laughs> Look, I see you've done a lot of great things in your time, and you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say to those Cal fans because I know you're out there listening, those Cal fans, and you're going to say, "Mo, please don't say it." But I have to say it. You made one mistake in your lifetime. <laughs> Could have went to USC. Um, so, hey, so who who is your uh, favorite? Some of your favorite Cal swimmers. Yeah, so growing up, like, two that I really looked up to um, were, like, Dana Vollmer and Natalie Coughlin. Both of them are, like, honestly two of the best, like, swimmers for the, like, the U.S. has had, like, ever. And, you know, it's really cool to be, like, have, like, grown up watching them swim or following them on, like, social media and then, like, to get here and, like, to get to know them. And now I get to look up to them in, like, a different way. Like, they have transitioned like post swimming and like that's something that's coming for me within a couple years probably so yeah like they're just very good role models and like also my coach Terry McKeever is like one of the most well-renowned coaches like in the U.S. in the world actually she was like the head coach of the 2012 Olympic team for women's swimming um yeah and I think just like getting to like grow up and know who they are and like then have the opportunity to like be in the same program as all of them that was just like I was like yeah let's go Cal here we come so yeah that's that's awesome you know I was I was kind of wondering I had a question down here I said I, what made you choose Cal and you know I know Tony probably knew when he called me and told me that you went to Cal that I was going to ask that question mm -hmm. because I 
you know, I do post recruiting for <laughs> USC and then send them the follow up of this is what you should have done and then they would have came here. But, you know, it is what it is. But I, I think that looking at your list of accomplishments that you made the right choice. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, there's like a, a lot of more reasons I chose Cal. I think like the one thing that really made me choose Cal was like coming into this team, like Terry and the team like valued, I felt like valued me as like, not that any other schools didn't, but like it was very evident that like they valued me as like Katie, as like a person and like a teammate and not just looked at me at like as like my times. They weren't like, okay, she can do, this is her time and a hundred fly, so we want her. It's like, okay, yes, she can swim very fast, but like, we think she'll add to the team in this way. And I think that's like something that's been really great about Cal is like having been being here for like five years now, like I feel like the focus is definitely on swimming, but improving like as a person in general and learning like who I am, what makes me the best version of myself will ultimately help me in the pool. But like we're all taking like learning things here from like Terry who makes us like public speak randomly or like writing. It's just like the little things that like we're being becoming like very disciplined and like every time someone does something for our team, it's like everyone writes them a thank you note. It's just like learning ways of like being a good human instead of like, okay, we'll just go swim fast. Like whatever you need to do, do to get the job done in the pool. It's like, there's so much more that like, I feel like is important here and that's well, yeah, I think, I think they're they're taking that uh, thing that LeBron made of more than an athlete. They're taking that literally to uh, to heart and yeah. focused on the athlete. You know, as far as you, it's not about just being in the pool. You know yeah. what I mean? So that that makes a a huge difference. Um, before we go to break, I'm asking you another question about you. You said a lot. You know, you talked about the narrowing it down to your top ten you know, and then narrowing it down to your three, you know, how many letters did you get? Like, if you were able to sit back and, and look at them, you go, ah, I had 50, you know, and, and I'm sure some came from NAIA and Division Two and Division Three, and, you know, when did you figure out that you were a Division One athlete? Yeah, um, I kind of, like, I guess just getting like, I don't know. I feel like with swimming, it's kind of a little bit easy to know where you fit into the divisions just because like it is time-based. So it's like, if this is my time, where would I stack up against the people at NCAAs for division one? Or like, if I look at Pac-12s, like where would I stack up against this? So I think like that is, kind of how I knew like I was gonna be able to be in division one was like in high school I would be able to like make NCAAs or like make finals at NCAAs so I think and I know for like a lot of my high school teammates that's something that like definitely helped them was like kind of looking at how they like swam what their times were and kind of like comparing it to like schools they were interested in um it's definitely like a hard process I think like I I knew I was gonna be able to be in Division One just based off of my like past accomplishments, but I think like sometimes it is a little bit like 
fuzzy like okay where where do I actually want to go like or or I know for my some of my teammates in high school it's like okay do I want to be the best one on a smaller at a smaller school or do I want to be at a big school and kind of be like a small fish chasing so that was like a decision I had a lot of friends make well that's awesome that's awesome um, look, we're going to take a, a really quick break so we can uh, let our sponsors do their thing, uh, get some PSAs out. Listen, everybody, don't go anywhere. I'm going to go ahead and call uh, Doc and, and Marty um, McFly to see if I can get her to go back in time and change and go to USC. But uh, <laughs> meanwhile, don't go anywhere. More with Katie McLaughlin when we come back. When I grow up, I want to be a ballerina. I want to be a doctor. When I grow up, I want to be a chef. When I grow up, I want to be a surgeon or a basketball player. I want to be a doctor when I grow up. I want to become a recipe. Our commitment to delivering lifestyles within reach is based on a holistic view of investing. We do not invest simply in brick and mortar, but we invest in the people in our communities and we support their dreams and aspirations. One of the great things about the North Point basketball program is it provides uh, our kids an opportunity to explore their hopes and dreams. I think the greatest thing about the program is that we are developing life skills for them, um, discipline, structure. Uh, respect, hard work, friendships, fun. I think in their schools, in their uh, junior highs, in their high schools, and on into college, these are all things that sports is a vehicle to teach them life skills and, and to mentor them into being um, successful people, not only in sports, but in life. Success and stability starts in the home. Avanath provides housing to very hardworking, good people who are pursuing their American dream, and we are incubating that American dream. What we are doing is trying to support those families and help provide activities and mentorship for their children. We're part of their extended family, and it's our dream to help them reach their dreams. That is indeed what Lifestyle Within Reach is all about. Welcome back, people. How was your break? Did you go grab some coffee? I know it's kind of early in the morning, and if you're driving home, it's kind of late at night, or you're just sitting at home listening to my damn podcast. Uh, yes, Katie decided to stay. She didn't have anything to go do, so she decided to stay and finish the conversation with me and Tony. So thank you for sticking around, Katie. I appreciate that. And I think you're on mute, Katie. I think you're on mute. Because I wouldn't want you to start talking and then I say, you know what, we're going to do this all over again. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> uh, um, hey, so we were talking about your experience, you know, with, with college and uh, stuff like that before the break. And I kind of wanted to stick with that theme. You know, I, I was reading, I, I saw that you had set a school record with 49.9 
and I'll kind of let you give the details. It was cool to just be able to get some points for Cal. And your face lit up when you touched for the, the 100 fly. Just what was that like? What did that mean to you? Did you know it was it broke the school record at the time? No, I didn't know. Like, I saw the board and I was like, oh, 49.9. Like, wow. And then I was like, wait, that's me. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. And then I was like really excited. I didn't know it was a school record. Special. Uh, so the 49.9 and the 100 fly, I think I might have been like the fourth or fifth woman to ever go under 50 in the 100 fly, which was really cool. That was one of my goals, like even in high school, because I, I had always been a butterflyer. Uh, and in high school, the 100 fly and like I swim freestyle. So my two best events, I think other people might argue differently, but I think our 100 fly 200 free. Uh, and those in high school were my events. Uh, that's what I swim at CIF and league and all that. And then, um, yeah, so my senior year at NCAAs last March, March 2019, my team was just like, we were like on a roll. Like everyone was just like doing like every, what they needed to do to win. Like Stanford was like the big dog and we were like chasing them. Like we were right on their heels, like the whole meet. And I think just like getting to go like 49.9 and like set a school record I did get third in the event, um, which for me, that was like the best I could have done. Like the two that beat me, like are the best two hundred flyers in like history. So I don't really feel too <laughs> terrible about that. I would have loved to get more points for my team, but yeah, I think I was really, really excited for the 49. Like, I think that was just like a perfect way to end my senior year was like accomplish something that like not many people have really ever accomplished and like to get to do it like when my team needed it the most that was like really really special I think like I think now I'm like less motivated by my times and more by like just racing or what I can do for my Cal teammates or like the U.S. like if I'm racing for the U.S. like that's more what I'm motivated by instead of like being wanting to go best times because if I had gone a best time and got last place I wouldn't really feel that pumped about it because like I don't know I just feel like that was what was special about that race is like I did my very best when my team needed the most so that's yeah. that, and that's awesome because you know, I don't think I want the viewers to and, and the listeners to really understand you know you said that there's only been four people to four women to do that right I think so. I think I might have been the fifth. There might be like six now, but yeah. At any rate, there's been thousands and thousands and thousands of, <laughs> of female swimmers. Uh, listen, if I was in the top 10, you know, <laughs> I, I probably couldn't even walk a 49.9. I don't even know that's out <laughs> the front door and to take out the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. So that is a big deal. And, you know, I, all the things that I've read on you and, and, and saw you've always been at the apex or the peak of uh, within your sport and then i also read that you had an injury can you kind of talk about when that injury happened and and the recovery and and how you were dealing with it as an athlete yeah so my freshman year at cal was uh the year of like school year 2015 2016 uh and i had just in 2015 come off like i swam at world championships for the US, I got to, that's when I won like a gold and a silver medal there. Uh, I was on like the 
four by 200 freestyle relay and we won gold like that that was like honestly one of the highlights of my career that was so cool so after that I was kind of like and those are typically the people that are like at that moment if it were the Olympics like that would kind of be like the team coming in like that's like the biggest meet that the U.S. sends people to like that year so I was kind of like okay like next year's the Olympics like I'm going to college like this is going really well like we're just gonna keep climbing keep improving and then in 2016 in January I was on a training trip in Hawaii and I ran into the ocean and just like dove in and kind of like the water pulled back and I just like went head first into the sand and ended up like fracturing my C6 which was pretty scary for mostly other people because I knew like I was kind of okay like obviously I was not completely okay but like when I called my mom and was like yo mom like don't worry I'm fine but like I just broke my neck she was like what do you mean don't worry like do I fly over there like I don't really so like that was kind of yeah so anyway it was a little bit scary but like I could walk I could move like I could control like I didn't have like numbness or tingling like everyone like every doctor I saw was like can you like use both your hands your feet because like with a spinal injury like it it is very dangerous and I was lucky that like I really just had like the like bone issue and like some neurological like my nervous system was really just like scared and like on guard for a couple years so but other than that like I was fine like I could yeah but I mean that being said like I did have to be in a neck brace for six weeks like the only time I could take it off was to get in the shower so I would take like hour-long showers and just like stand there like and just be free from like my brace for a little bit um yeah so during that time like I couldn't really like obviously I couldn't swim and I wasn't allowed to like exercise from like my waist up just to like give all the healing like all my energy my body's energy to like healing my neck because that was like the most important thing like I I didn't need to mess with what was going on there like as much as I wanted to like train that it literally just wasn't an option so that was a little bit hard because I had never really had like a setback like that where I like was forced out of the pool like here and there I would have like shoulder injuries or like like one time I like hurt my leg like I when I was really really young I like broke a little part of my leg but like other than that like I would take like a week or two and be like okay and like it was never really a time where like I felt like I was in like a time crunch kind of because like Olympic trials were in June and like at that point I had just missed my college season like college swimming we start our Pac-12 meets like in January right when we get back from that trip and then our Pac-12s are in February and NCAAs are in March and I was just kind of out for that like I I swam at Pac-12s in February that was like after I like a week after I got out of my neck brace so like I was not good like I couldn't really like I had no range of motion so I couldn't really like move to breathe or like some butterfly I couldn't like move my head at all it was just like it was just kind of a struggle and I was like you know what I'm gonna try my very best like I need to qualify for NCAAs which I didn't end up qualifying and in my head then I was like I can definitely do that like it's only I was only out of the water for seven 
weeks. And it's like, no, I can't. That is not reasonable. But yeah, so that was really a bummer missing my like college season because that was my freshman year and <clears throat> that whole year everyone was like wow Cal like is probably gonna win this year like me and like a couple other my classmates my freshman class like there's like Kathleen Baker who held the world record in the 100 back for like a year Amy Bookwish she's a great like very good relay swimmer very good in the 100 back sprint freestyle like very versatile can swim anything so like and we already had had like they won the year before. So the team that was already there was like very good. Like they had won NCs. We were coming in with like the three of us were like, okay, we're probably gonna win again this year. And so I just felt like really terrible. We ended up getting third at NCAAs and like, not that I would have made all the difference, but like, I just felt bad. Cause like I wanted to help my team out, but yeah. So that kind of happened, missed my college season and then it became, it came to be like February or March time and everything just kind of like got out of hand. Like I hadn't really, I wasn't in shape cause I couldn't, I needed to heal. And luckily everything in my healing process went well. Like I could have messed it up if I like didn't, wasn't very diligent about being in my neck brace and like had caused bad damage. But luckily everything was good, but in that moment, like after, in like February, March, it was kind of like, I just felt like there was so much going on, like with school, I was like a freshman in college and like, that was all just like hard. Like, where do I, figuring out food and like doing my laundry and like, I already just like was feeling bad cause like I wasn't swimming. And so, yeah, I ended up deciding to go home, um, like halfway through the semester of my, Spring, the spring of my senior year or my freshman year um so I went home just to like get to focus on like doing physical therapy every day like I needed to go in and like work on getting my range and strength in my neck and being at school and like trying to have a full workload and trying to get back into shape and swimming and then like on top of it doing everything like I talked about earlier that my parents did like cooking, doing my laundry, all that stuff. Like there was just so much going on. So I decided to go home and I just like took, reduced my course load, kind of just did like what I needed to do to focus on like getting myself back and in, like into like being healthy with also keeping in mind that like trials are coming up. Like Olympic trials are in June and here I am in like March having take, just being in like honestly the worst shape I've ever been in. And that was really a stressful time. Cause like, obviously I didn't want to count myself out at trials that I wasn't going to make it, but like the cards were just not in my favor really at all. Yeah. Um, yeah so I guess I just kind of tried the best I could to get back into shape by June. And I like, I had a very good meet. I got like, so in swimming, top two in each event make the Olympic team or if you swim 100 free or 200 free six people make it because there's relays there there's like the 4x100 and 4x200 so my I swam at trials I swim the 100 fly 200 fly and 200 free and I got eighth in the two free which six make it so like in my head that was at the time I was like great like ugh, I failed 
But like, given that, like being eighth in the US after breaking my neck five months before, like I'm pretty sure I did a good job. And not being able to train, right? Yeah, exactly. Not being able to train and stuff like that. That's yeah, for sure. So yeah, and then I got six in the 200 fly, which is a very hard event. And like, I don't even know how I completed it because like, that is like a very grueling race out there and being out of shape, it was just, but I got six to make it, but that's okay. And the 100 fly, I got ninth, which, yeah, that, it, it was still like a good meet. And in the moment, everyone was like, wow, like you really are like doing very well, like given the circumstance. But at the time I was like, no, I'm not everyone. Like I wanted to make the team, like I'm not doing well. Like I just, I, I just failed. Like I didn't make it. Like this is terrible. Like stop telling me to be like happy to be there. But and that was kind of like my emotion in the moment. Like I was just like, great. Like what did I? I just and honestly, I spent like I gave myself a couple days after that meet to feel bad for myself and be like, I don't know what I did to deserve that. And these are the cards. So like, great. Here I am. And I think like. Then I took like a little bit of time off that summer and got in shape in other ways. Like just to give myself a little break from swimming, like after feeling that like stress and like just so much emotion around it that like I didn't want to like keep pushing myself because I knew I was, I needed like a little time to like just set it aside for a second and get kind of similar to now. like get in shape in different ways outside of the pool. Obviously I didn't want this break currently in quarantine, but like same thing, like trying to run every day or like get strong in like yoga and like focus on physical therapy and like my health and like just being like trying to become a better athlete so that when we I could get back or wanted to get back in the pool, like I was ready for that. And like mentally I was like, had the break that I needed. But I think like, yeah, so that was definitely a hard year and I struggled with my injury and coming back from that for like the next like year and a half after 2016. I felt like I never really like broke through back to where I was before that until like 2018 honestly. Like I I'm I'm focused on like long course swimming and the college swimming is short course cuz like so like I in 2017 I swam well at NCAAs. I definitely like didn't have my best meet ever and I could have contributed more, but I think I was still like kind of coming back from what I was struggling with. And in 2017, that year, I also didn't make like the big meet that like the national team goes to that summer. Like I, I just didn't make it. And that was almost harder that year because I was like, I'm a year out or a year and a half out from like my injury. like why am I still not back to where I was? Like, why is this not working? Like, I'm not hurt anymore. I've been working hard. Like, I've been going faster in practice than like I ever have. Like, what is the deal? Like, what are, why is this happening still? Do you think, do you think that, and although and you, you, you weren't clinically diagnosed as a, with depression or anything depression or anything like that do you think that you for yourself you know after you look back on it would probably say man i was probably in the state of depression you know at that moment knowing what i'm capable of but not able 
to perform up to that level. Do you do you think that at all? I think maybe, but I also think like there were so many things that like at the time were going well for me. Like I felt like socially and like school was going well. And so I guess like my focus kind of shifted at that time. Not necessarily that I was like really in a terrible place. I think like my mind as an athlete was in a bad place, but like as a person, like I felt like I wasn't kind of, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I feel like I was loving my teammates and like my team and being part of something so much. And like seeing my other teammates do well was like really exciting <clears throat> for me. And I think I was more just like frustrated with myself. Like I was just like, what can I, what more like what more can I do like why am I why is this not working I think I was just frustrated and confused <laughs> I think frustration is a good word and and my point was you know for the audience out there to understand that you know you could have been going through those tough times you know as an athlete and understanding where you normally perform and then the perseverance um, that it takes uh, because while you were talking I, I kind of wrote down the word discipline right and um something that we talked about in the first segment to whereas we were talking about the discipline of getting up at 4 15 every day you know and then doing these and doing that and in the moment you un you don't understand why yeah. right mm -hmm. but now <laughs> as you get older you look back on that and go if it wasn't for that then i probably wouldn't have been disciplined enough to not do things when I should be trying to get healthy, right? Yeah, and, sure. And I get ready for the Olympic time. Yeah, like even now, I think like if I did get hurt and did make all these teams and like still had the success without that, I feel like I would just kind of take it for granted a little bit. Like I feel like I would just feel like that's something that like I just deserved. Like I don't have to, I, this is just what I like where I belong like I just belong to be on the national team like every year like that's just and it's like it kind of reignited like especially after 2017 I feel like I just kind of like not that I went through the motions I was obviously still working hard but I feel like I didn't have the like edge in like racing where I was like really putting it all out there like I feel like I kind of lost that and just kind of like had hoped it would be there almost like I just like kind of like I just it was just kind of like a little bit of like blah like it just wasn't like I didn't have like a spark if that makes sense like yeah I was excited to race but I wasn't like how I was before or now where I was like I get to race and like race these people and see what I can do against them like I feel like that kind of like I needed that like kind of like like hard time so that I could figure out like no I do need to like work for this which has helped me like now I'm like better than I was before my injury and I don't know if like I did get hurt if I would have just stayed the same kind of through the rest of my swimming career not that I would have gotten worse maybe I don't know I don't know how it would have ended up but I think that's so I think it's good that you you went through it you know of course yeah the pain of going through it and then you know in the moment and that's what we talk about to kids right now in the moment when you're going through whatever you're going through whether it be this pandemic and all that you know you look at all those negative things that are happening in that moment 
But look at all the great things and look at the positive things that could come out of it on the other side. Like right now we're talking about the Olympics, you know, and, and for you and I think for athletes that uh, have competition or, or sports that compete in the Olympics, it's probably their goal, everybody's goal to be able to compete in the Olympics. So where are you at with that Olympic process right now? And I know during the quarantine, it, it put a lot of stuff on hold. And uh, so that's gonna be my first question. And the second question is, how do you feel with the decision that the IOC made as far as um, postponing it? Yeah, for sure. So with swimming, our team, the Olympics are in like July or August and the US like swim team is picked like mid to end of June. So our trials were supposed to be like this June if the Olympics were still like in July this of this year. Uh, and they, since the, the like Olympic committee moved the um, Olympics another year, our trials just got pushed back basically to like the same exact time next June. <clears throat> uh, so I guess like right now I'm kind of just like honestly on like a break because I can't really train how I normally have and I feel like although I'm like staying in shape in other ways like I feel like kind of similar to when I was hurt like I'm taking like a mental break from swimming like I'm not being super like okay here's how my day is gonna revolve around practice so I can like train the best it's like no today I feel like going on a hike so I'm gonna do that or today I feel like going to play volleyball on the street with my friend and that's how I'm gonna stay in shape today. So I think like that's kind of where I guess like most, I feel like swimmers or athletes are like with the whole Olympic thing is like kind of just taking a break right now because like we know when things open up again, it's kind of gonna be like a hundred miles an hour until right. trials. So just like, yeah, I guess taking, cause if I try to like Honestly, I can't train in swimming like I normally do. So like a big bathtub, you know, and then you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like trying to like pretend like I am and like stay engaged with that mentally would just be so exhausting. Like when I am training full time, like like I fully believe that like you need to take a break every once in a while just to give your mind like a little reset and like come back with like a fresh perspective and fresh mentality. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, yeah, and I think like regarding the decision of the IOC to postpone, I think like that's like honestly what they needed to do because when like the, all the quarantine was beginning, the Olympics were still on and like, <clears throat> I don't know about, I don't know many uh, people training for the Olympics and other sports. I know a couple, but most of my like community is like the swimming community. And it was like, honestly, that, that week or two where like the Olympics were still like on and we had nowhere to like train. That was the worst thing ever because yeah. how do we get up there? Or like some people could train, some people can't. Or like, I know like before it was postponed, like the Italians hadn't trained hadn't swam in like three or four weeks like how would that be fair if like say we never went into quarantine but Italy had to take two months off right that's just not the nature of the Olympics like that it just yeah so I think it's definitely a very good decision especially because like 
then we don't all have to like sneak around and like find ways to train like sneak yeah. into the beach and like swim in the ocean like we don't they probably to see you because nobody else is in the water but dolphins and sharks right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like there's no need to put everyone at risk for like our own sake so like yeah i think it's definitely a very good thing and yeah somebody i felt really sorry for are the the people that were running with the torch i'm like they are running still running with this torch and <laughs> <laughs> now they have to do a do-over because they they didn't pick the flame out. Now they have to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, look, so I, I have a I have a question for you. So what what message could you, you you give to some of our young female listeners out there that went through the thing that you um, did? Number one, being so successful in, in high school, and then getting into college as a freshman and then having an injury and now coming out and I, I talk about the, the record of 49.9 um, so that's talking about perseverance what what could you say to some of those young listeners uh, out there yeah for sure I think like something that I've learned from my swimming career with the like ups and downs and everything is like I think like before I definitely defined like who I was as a person on like how I swam or like how I performed or how I did at practice that day. And I think like that is just the wrong way to look at everything. Like I think some of the times where I wasn't performing well, maybe that was like some of the times that I was being like the best friend I could to someone else. And I think that's like more important than how I swim. I think. Also, I think what feeds into that is like worrying about how other people perceive you and like how you're performing in your sport. Like I know I've, I like have worked on this a lot, but there are a lot of people that like want to pick apart how you train or like what your race strategy is or like what suit you wear, all this stuff. and it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks like about you or yourself as an athlete like that doesn't also people don't really know who you are and you just kind of have to be like thank you you don't know me you don't get to say anything negative about my race or my swimming or my decision to go to cal or anything like that like i think that is something that like kind of feeds into the whole thing of like, okay, well, if I don't swim fast, people are gonna think I don't work hard. And if people don't think I don't work hard, they're gonna think I'm just a bad person now. And that's just not true at all. I think like that is something that like, I've definitely learned to just like kind of focus on what I can control and like how I can be the best version of myself because that ultimately will help my swimming. I think like that's another thing like my swimming doesn't define me and it also like doesn't give people the right to like define me either. Like if I'm swimming well, I better hope that I am being a good friend, a good teammate, a good daughter, a good sister, a good student, all that stuff because I want like what's at the biggest stage to reflect like who I am and yeah I think like yeah I think the other thing too is like to really just like have fun and enjoy 
like your sport like I think when I'm having the most fun and like enjoying practice and like you know getting to swim outside in the summer and just like appreciating that that's when I'm performing my best and when I'm enjoying it and like supporting my teammates the most is like also when I'm hopefully swimming the best so I think like having fun and enjoying what you're doing will like help your performance in your sport and in school too so yeah that's and that's awesome that's, that's great advice for uh, those young listeners out there um, especially going through uh, the things that they're going through now and you know with the, the bullying and the depression and the anxiety and, and stuff like that I think worrying about um, what you can accomplish as an individual um, makes a, a huge difference so um, thank you for that I have a I have one final question that all the people in the world really want to know well and I like to ask a lot of those questions okay here it goes so why do male swimmers have to shave their legs does it really make that much of a difference in time <laughs> I think so I think it could potentially be a little bit of like a mental edge but like there is something about like a like fresh shave and like diving into the pool and being like okay wow I feel really good like I feel fast it is go time I think it's like kind of the feeling it honestly there probably is a little bit of drag I don't know how much but it's really like the feeling of like at the end of the season when you like shave and jump in you just feel so good like I don't know. You'll have to try it. Shave and like jump. I'm just saying because I, I watch a whole lot of movies and Aquaman is really, really fast. And looking <laughs> at him with all that hair, he never he never shaved down. He never put on the, the head gear or something <laughs> like that. He just <laughs> goes to it. You know, and you know, maybe I'm... It's funny. <laughs> it's funny because that doesn't like seem that weird to me in my head. Like, yeah, guys shave for meat. Like, of course. Well, the last time I had my leg shaved is I was getting a tattoo. And that, it, you know, man, you only need to do that area right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's awesome. It's been a, a privilege and a pleasure to have you on our show today. Um, you know, I was excited when, when Tony and them kind of told me. I'm like, man, that's crazy. I don't really know nothing about swimming, much about swimming. But uh, I am really looking forward to having this, this interview and then being able to look at and, and read a lot of things up on you. You know, very successful career. Good luck in in the Olympic trials. I, I hope that we will get to see you uh, win a medal and hoist a medal for the, the USA. I would definitely be cheering. Thank and, you. Uh, I actually grabbed my phone today and and followed you on Instagram. So follow me back. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say something, and I've known you for a while. Obviously, you're an incredible athlete, but I will say this: you're a better person. Thank you. So, um, I want to congratulate you. Uh, it's amazing being the age you are now when you, when you were a kid uh, to be the woman you are right now. You're a great role model. I, I guarantee you um, there's somebody there uh, that's 10, 11, 12, 13 years old that's uh, looking at Katie at, at Cal. So you're, you're the next role model. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been cool to be here. I think like with the quarantine and everything, like having more time, it's cool to like get opportunities like this to like get to like talk to people and like make the athletic community just like stronger in a different way than like you know normal training so i'm really excited for this so thank you guys yeah and i, I i'm 
a lot more people have been a lot more accessible during these times because they've been at home and they've been very um, willing to, to give their time um, to us as well. So really appreciate that. So thank you for uh, joining us. And to all of you out there, thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to my annoying voice. Once again, please join me next time where we'll be talking to Jeffrey Sink of the Brea Linda Girls Basketball, all everything for Jeff. Look, my weekly podcast will be covering any and everything from adolescence, high school education, high school sports, and athletes. I will interview educators, athletic directors, and often get great people like Katie on the show. My hope is to share my passion for education, high school extracurricular activities, and higher learning. We will cover those topics that will further our educators, build our community, and around education and higher learning. Find me on social media anywhere on Twitter, at Mo underscore or, that's with two R's, or on Instagram, at Mo, the HS narrative, and make sure to subscribe and comment on any podcast app. I will leave you with this. Take some time and do something nice for someone. In turn, someone will do something nice for you. Stay motivated, pun intended. And remember, when adversity comes, look it straight in the eye and say, I'm strong, I'm loved, and I will overcome. I got to go. You've been here on Talk to Talk with me and Tony and Katie. Until next time, I'm out. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. So what is Blast Athletic? Blast is an online network that connects team websites, athlete showcases, and the best sports fundraiser on the planet. In other words, we created a team website and app where teams can not only communicate through shared calendars and announcements, but also build a community by writing recaps, selecting MVPs, sharing highlight videos, posting photos, scores, stats, and much more. Everything your team posts to your team website will automatically connect to each athlete's individual blast showcase, building their sports resumes in real time. Athlete showcases were designed with coaches and scouts to specifically enable accurate and thorough athlete analysis from anywhere in the nation. Then, each week, Blast takes that same content your team posted and sends out an email update to each sponsor, focusing on the athlete they support. Trust us, Grandma would rather have a photo a week than any amount of cookie dough. So it was cool to just be able to get some points for Cal. And your face lit up when you touched for the, the 100 fly. Just what was that like? What did that mean to you? Did you know it was you broke the school record at the time? No, I didn't know. Like, I saw the board and I was like, oh, 49.9. Like, wow. And then I was like, wait, that's me. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. And then I was like really excited. I didn't know it was a school record. 